0: Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, Pastor of Life Point Church Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au Who's having a great time at conference so far? good has it been? And we are only at day one. Uh, we have so much amazing stuff planned for you over the entirety of conference. And our prayer is that you're having so much fun and, and just encountering the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm excited for this next session. Who is loving Pastor David Hall? Having him back again. He came last, year. was instantly a church favorite. He's a mighty man of God, he's a great leader. And I thought it'd be really fun to do a segment called Real Talk. Everyone say Real Talk. And we're gonna get real with, you know, some of the challenges that we all face in life and just thought it'd be also fun to get to know Pastor David a little bit more. So can you help me welcome to the stage, Pastor David Hall. Awesome. How are you going, Pastor Dave? I'm well.
1: Thank you for thank you for having me.
0: That's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you: Have you ever done speed dating before? Yes. Yeah. How did it go? No, never. Never. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: yes. Neither. No. It's no, a but. Okay. Try me. What do I do?
0: Well, I think
1: it's like. Is it biblically acceptable? Just... <laughs>
0: I don't know, I don't know. I didn't come up in Bible college, but I thought let's try it. I'm gonna ask you three questions in 60 seconds so we can all get to know okay. Pastor David Hall a bit more. All right, all right. righty. So what is your favorite holiday destination and why?
1: Honolulu, cause it's in Hawaii. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Gaucho steak, medium rare T-bone 500 grams, <laughs> melt off the bone with steak chips, chimichurri sauce, and oh. deep-fried broccoli with anchovy sauce running through it. <laughs> ga- gauchos, Anybody hungry?
0: How good's that? Deep-fried broccoli, didn't know that existed. Yeah,
1: that and that amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I don't like steak. Um, <laughs> no, sorry, go, keep going.
0: That's so good. All right, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, how many children do you have and I what have do you love about I have two boys. Them?
1: James is five, going on Six. I have Sam. He is three going on four. They're both August babies, so their birthdays are next month. And my wife Donna. We've been married ten years. Known each other since high school. She went out with other people, not me. Uh, It's broke my heart. But but uh, now now she married me, so it's worked out good. And she's (laughs) awesome. She's got awesome pastor, awesome preacher, oversees the finance of our church, and was a school teacher for. 15 years. And right. just this year came on staff at the church. Uh, yeah, last year right. came on staff at our church, runs a great women's conference. She's awesome. So yeah, good. F- and she's my friend. Oh, and,
0: beautiful. Awesome. Well, looking oh, so romantic up here. <laughs> yeah, oh, no,
1: I know. I feel, feel it. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> All right. So you travel the world preaching. Yes. <laughs> now something I've learned about ministry that it's prone to some funny moments happening. Like, you know, I call them ministry fails. Why don't you share, like, just a highlight you can remember of uh, a I bit of a fail? I think my first
1: 10 years of ministry was a ministry fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, pastoring my church. Um, one time I was in Bendigo, and I knew this guy by the name of Sean Milner.
0: Right.
1: And, uh, and so during the day... I feel like I just want to... Can I, can I mess it up? Sure. So during the day, I went to... I went to, hey Pastor Dan, uh, I went to, uh, I was praying and I got yeah. a word for Sean Milner. So I got a word and it was just a good word, like whatever, like just a good encourage, word of encouragement. Yeah, And so I, I waited on God for it, so the word was from the Lord. But when I got there that night, I called him out and I said, come here Sean, I want to give you a word. And he looks at me bewildered. And I'm looking at him, wondering why he's looking bewildered. So I start giving him the word, and oh, it was awesome. And just in my peripheral, I turn around and realize Sean Milner was over there. (laughs) And this poor guy had never been to church before. And he's being called Sean, and great things are being declared over his ministry. A year later, I'm doing the same conference. I go to this restaurant in town and, and I'm just with a few friends of mine. And he's kind to everyone else. He goes, hey, uh, what, do you want to, what do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Takes the order. Looks at me and he just, his face changes. He goes, white. He goes, you. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I went to that church about a year ago. He said, and you scared the blankety blank out of me. <laughs> and blah, blah. Yeah, the guy didn't get saved.
0: Oh. <laughs> No happy ending there. That is, a,
1: that is, a, that is the ultimate ministry fail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah. Same,
1: not really. Yeah. Um, it's actually
0: very bad. All right, so real talk. Pastor Dave, can you take us to one of the hardest moments of your life? What happened and how did you find God in it? First year of senior
1: pastoring in 2008, church was 130 people on a Sunday morning, 80 people left within three months. We had a hundred and. a year in rent um, for this building that we were in. And then we built it back up. Boom, we had a split. You know, it was just trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. And yeah, from there, um, it was just, it was 10 years where we thought ministry was misery. And it was hard for us. And so people sort of say to me sometimes, even forums like this, I say, What's your greatest achievement? Not that I feel like I've really achieved much, you know, at all, but whatever I have achieved, I think some people might think, you know, is it the, is it the church? Is it, honestly, the, the biggest achievement I feel like I've ever made is that we just didn't quit in those times. So and and, and I, I feel like, you know, it was, it was rugged, but we held on. We trusted the promises of God. And, and so for us, you know, whether we speak it the coolest churches in the world, or not? I still feel like that stuff can come and go. The stuff that for us that remains is: hey, we didn't, when the devil tried to take us out, and people lied, and you, you had best friends leave. I mean, what do you do when your associate pastor's having an affair with a married woman for seven years? What do you do? So that was in the non-split time. So it was just problem after problem after problem, and, uh, and here we are. I'm still sane. I'm still blessed still love Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I do do background checks now before we hire people, but yeah. Go.
0: Very good. And you know, so maybe someone sitting here walking through, you know, what would they would call one of the most challenging seasons or just a, a, a battle in their world. How, how would you encourage them to walk through that discouragement and disappointment that life can throw at us? Keep your integrity, shut your mouth.
1: So, don't talk to everybody, don't dump on people, talk to people that can help you. you know because here's the thing what I discovered in that season, I was dumping on people, even in our church. Wow. And what happens is as a leader, you've got to have respect to lead people. And you'll never have people's pity and respect. You'll have their sympathy and respect at times when tragedy comes and they watch how you walk through it. but if you if you, if you try and buy and trade on their pity, you, you can never lead them. And so that's how I made it worse. I I, I started to to let people in and thought that that might help them see my point of view. But what it made them see me as small, if I had my time all over again, I would have been quiet. I would have preached the word. I would have come in full of faith. And I reckon I could have saved myself multiple waves of challenges. Uh, So I don't know if maybe that.
0: That's very helpful. Come on, who's loving this already? I'll tell you one other thing.
1: It's different, it's different, uh, Context for different people. So, my my world, I'm a pastor, so that's my job, that's what I do. So, I look at my life lessons through that lens, and and other people's lenses are different. But every single person that would come into our world when I was a younger pastor, often I'd get a a warning from, you know, maybe like a pastor, Danny Guglielmochi or an Ashley Evans in our city, say, Look, we know those guys, just be careful, mate, trust us. And I'd know better. And and I'd give him a go, and I'd get burnt. One of the things that I, I would do and do do differently now is I heed the warnings of other men of God in the city. I, I don't think I, I think if Danny Good can't turn someone's life around, I definitely can't. You know, because that guy is like the king pastor. You know, and so I, I think it's just, it's having a bit more of a realistic viewpoint. Obviously, God can change people, but maybe before you raise them up, let the change happen first, ra- rather than giving people your pulpit who haven't been faithful in their last church. And so some of those things, because it cheapens the buy-in, cheapens what leadership is. So then you appoint people to leadership that shouldn't be appointed. You're saying to good people, leadership's not a great value in the life of the church. So maybe some of those things...
0: Yeah. Love that. That's so good. And you know, I'd love you to talk into this. So you step into that senior pastor role, which is the call of God, right? And I know so many of us at conference, we're going to hear from God. We're going to be stirred up to step up, maybe lead a group or lead a team or do internship or all kinds of things in the call of God. Sometimes we can think that when we go into the call of God, it's going to be easy. And and it, when things get tough, we go, wow, God must not be Bro, in this and we can quit.
1: I've seen altar calls at conferences where they call people out who right. wants to be in full-time ministry. Ministry. I want to run out and go sit down you stupid people get a job get a profession don't do it to yourself that's
0: a little I find a little, that very that was a little encouraging intense.
1: that was a little intense but the intent project the internship here is very good
0: yeah. <laughs> right
1: all right so no can I tell you it's the most challenging but most fulfilled it's like anyway it's
0: really good <laughs> But talking to that, so in the call of God, it's not gonna always be easy, right? No. And we shouldn't quit. Um, Don't and quit. and you, obviously your journey, you were saying you just did not give up. Yep. And can you just speak into that a little bit about how, you know, when we go through tough times, it might not necessarily mean God's not on that, right?
1: No, God, can I say faith is not just God just giving you an escape out of trouble. Faith is when you get nailed and you're going, oh, I'm gonna keep going. I'm going to, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I, I'm the head, not the tail. I mean, i tell you one thing. Even in the worst of times, our confession never changed. And, and I still would say, God, what are you trying to teach me? And, and, and what, what do I need to learn in this? I'm a man of faith. I'm a, I'm an, I, I was at a conference the other day and someone sort of bagged faith and got up and said, oh, I'm not one of those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it preachers, give to get. I am, I, I name and claim it. Jesus named and claimed me. He blabbed and grabbed me out of the hands oh. of darkness. And he does give to get, he gave his son Jesus to get you and I as his inheritance. So not only am I, I'm not just word of faith, Jesus is word of faith. Paul says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God without faith. It's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is. And that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him you gotta, you got to hold on. i tell you, your grit gets tested when it's, when it's hell, you know. And, and, and I don't have the easiest life as a child. I divorced family, sister on methamphetamines, you know, for 25 years, still battles in that world. I, we know what it's like to deal with challenges and there's so many more pastoring. It's not easy, but you keep your joy. It's for me, you hold on to the Holy Ghost. So the reason I preach what I preach is because I'm really just giving you my lifeline. That without the power of the Holy Ghost, I would be—I'd probably be institutionalized. In fact, for all I know, maybe I am. In my mind, I'm sitting at C3 Powerhouse talking to a group of people about the things of God. But maybe I could be sitting locked up in a padded room in Adelaide going, ministry, 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 <laughs> ministry, ministry, ministry. I'm not 100% sure, but it feels good.
0: It feels good. So good. Oh. But, wow, that's statement. Going, is this going well, Trent? Is this good? Is this... Ever- Thanks, man. <laughs> the clock keeps getting smaller, less time. <laughs> just, um, I love that. Hold on to the Holy Ghost. Who's going to remember that next time things yeah. get tough? Hold there are on. Some people are just looking. There are some <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave. So, you you have been raised in church. You were a youth leader. And to this day, you are doing amazing things for for God. And something. I've noticed there's so many, particularly in our young, our young people, young adult years, can go off track, but you know, in general, of course, as well. Why is it so important for us to stay on track and how can we do that? How?
1: Well, obviously, why is mainly avoiding hellfire, uh, would be my main reason for serving God, and I love Him. Um, <laughs> Everyone's so scared right now. <laughs> it's true. Why do you maintain your relationship with God? Not going to hell uh, is one one plus. a uh, big plus. Another plus is I love my life. I, I'm in love with Jesus. But, but can I say yeah. this? I'll tell you what kept me. And the difference between maybe I look at some, some of my siblings and, and, and what, what some of the differences were. At the right age, at the right time, I was plugged into a great youth ministry. Come on. So... My youth pastor was Russell Evans. You, and and our, camps, our camps were so crazy. I mean, we had one camp. It went for six weeks. Now, you might say, how'd that happen? Well, it was a weekend camp, and it hit our church. So every night for six weeks, we had youth yeah. at church. And miracles were happening. Hundreds of people were there. It was like a little Toronto, you know. It was awesome. And, and some of the great youth pastors and youth leaders that are around the country, Paul Gilling, Brad Bonholm, who has the Prime his Church, Matt Hines, uh, the Guglamuchis, a lot of all out of that and and, uh, touched by God and and so for me as a teenager you know yeah I still was a teenager but at the same time I remember I decided I'm backsliding you know I'm quitting I'm leaving church I've had enough I want to make a statement so so I stopped going and then they said Benny Perez was coming to church and he moves in the Holy Ghost and so I was torn I want to backslide but I really want to go to those Holy Ghost meetings (laughs) So I was like, you know, I'm going to go to them. And that was it. Uh, Yeah, and and I don't know what else. I'm just trying to think of what else. Yeah, that's...
0: That's That's so powerful. So staying planted. Yeah. Get to youth. If you're younger, just keep rocking up every week. if you're a mum and a dad
1: and you don't make church important, let's be honest, I I deal with... This is the biggest annoying thing. I deal with mums and dads that I know might bash us as leaders when they're not happy to their kids and then their kids hit the wall can you ring them you ring them they don't even bother with you because mum and dad have given no I think mum and dad if you do have frustrations never tell your kids and number two always make the house of God a priority I had a bad car accident in grade 11 Uh, dad had a statesman caprice that was two weeks old and I hit a tree at 140 k's yeah I know it was a a total miracle a a pastor in America Reg Clemonock who started Garden City Church he rang my dad That night, So we got back to the the house maybe four or five in the morning, Uh, had the accident, but then went to hospital, got checked out. I was fine. I walked out, no injury at all. Uh, It was a miracle, but Reg Climenot called and he said, God woke him up and he saw ambulances and he's been praying for the last three hours for, I've been praying for your son for angelic protection. Why am I praying? And dad said, well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, But I'm saying all of that to say this, that morning, I was asleep thinking I've had a bad accident on a Saturday night. Dad wakes me up, we're going to church. What? And I said, I, I, had a, I had a bad car accident last night. And he, he goes, You're going to go and give thanks to God for keeping it. And so that was what so i was good. raised. It, you know? And I wanted to tell everyone what happened. You'll never believe it. Are you all right? I need a hug. <laughs>
0: sorry genius is this going well it's going great i'm having who's having fun how, and learning at the same I time i love talking. fun and power combo so good yep. all right real talk mm-hmm. real talk what does spiritual warfare look like in your life and how do you overcome it oh the weapons of our warfare are not
1: carnal mighty through god the pulling down a stronghold so spiritual warfare for me i feel like god's given me some weapons of mass destruction to the kingdom of darkness, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost. So I think praying in tongues can almost fix anything. Sowing in difficult times can unlock blessing and breakthrough. Believing God, uh, you know, taking authority when the enemy. I was in Townsville, I had a demon in my room. I'm preaching at James McPherson's old church, a demon in my room. It was very, it was very annoying. Uh, so I just explained to this devil, get out of my- that woman's sneeze. Uh, maybe the devil's leaving you too, who knows? And so, so, so I just told that devil, get out of my room. I didn't have to walk around and anoint the, every part of the room with oil. I just said, "Hey, you're in my room. So leave me alone. I'm gonna have good stuff so for three days. I didn't have a problem. So I don't know how the next guy went, but, it, well, <laughs> but I was fine. Warfare, breaking through, pushing through. You have to pray things through. That's what I love about Pastor Phil. I'm right. See, Pastor Phil, I think it's a little bit of chosen awning that's got on C3. Of prayer. And that same thing was Pastor Andrew Evans. I'm not trying to I'm actually just telling you, Pastor John. Pastor Andrew I think was a key part of helping connect Pastor Phil with with that whole thing as well. And right. and because Pastor Andrew, my pastor, Pastor Phil's a hero. But we were raised in that same prayer culture, you know, where you'd walk up and down church and and pray until something happens. And, and, and you know something, you can tell the difference between churches that pray and churches that don't. You walk in here, why does this thing pop? Because you have prayed. And you guys know what it is to sow, sow in prayer and break through. So how do we warfare? We take dominion, we take authority in the heavenly realm. We pray things through, we apply the blood of Jesus to impossible things. We quote the word of God, our confession's good. We activate the realm of faith. Believe. Bless God. Come on. Oh man, that'll steal your faith. Jesus, I'm finished on that point. He's got two minutes. What's your favorite? I've got a question for you. you What's your favorite Netflix show?
0: I watch Stan. Me too. Oh. I've got a few different ones. Yeah, right. Stan has
1: Seinfeld and Friends on it.
0: Yeah. I'd have to say The, the Office. Any Office fans? British or American? American. British. <laughs> that one's a bit too rude for me. No, I don't get those. It's I, I, the pure. <laughs> I did the, the parents guy for that one. So uh, the
1: pure, all things are pure. I just enjoy <laughs> Keith eating those little fruits that
0: he's They're funny. Anyway. Hey, why don't we give it up for pasta, Dave? How good was that? Real talk. Is it over? It is, I loved hanging out though. Finished it early. <laughs> Were you not happy? Was it not going well? <laughs> you said it was your last point.
1: Okay. Do you have, is it... That's fine.
0: All We're right. done now. We're just... <laughs> hey, let's give it <laughs> up. let Pastor Dave. How good was that? <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> oh. Well, look, the good news is, is he's preaching tonight. So make sure if you weren't planning to come, you need to come. Well, guys, right now, why don't we all stand up, have a bit of a stretch. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.